Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome. I hope you are filled with joy and happiness. I certainly am. I am so excited that last night watching the Oscars, uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, spoke the truth. He took a moment where he had an opportunity to speak and he spoke the truth and told people, get over your arrogance, get over your sense of entitlement. You are causing unnecessary suffering to animals and the planet by consuming animals and their byproducts, using the example of a mother cow ripped from her baby ripped from her. It was, I think, a game-changing moment in our movement to encourage people to adopt a peaceful plant-based diet. I am so excited to be here with one of my heroes, Tracy McWhorter. And uh, we know her from By Any Greens Necessary. She's an amazing author, nutritionist, public speaker, dynamic public speaker. And now Tracy has a brand new campaign that is so exciting. I will let her take it away and tell you all about it. Hey, Jane, how are you? I'm great. So glad to have you on. It's great to be back on with you. Um, I am thrilled that you're having me on today to talk about my new program. It's called 10,000 Black Vegan Women. And basically what I'm doing is um, helping 10,000 Black women go vegan in 2020. Uh, And uh, we're going to, we had a soft launch uh, last week and we already have 1,200 people signed up. So we're very excited about that. The official launch is in May. And so leading up to that, the people who, you know, we're gathering our 10,000 women movement up to May for our official launch. Exciting. I love it. And I want to say that a lot of people have a tendency to view our movement as this province of um, white male elitists And I often say, no, that's not true. Look at the leaders of the movement, often women and women of color. Um, Obviously, Ingrid Newkirk, uh, you know, the leading uh, voice from the beginning, a female. And then you have people like yourself. Uh, I'm Puerto Rican and Irish, so I'm putting myself in the women of color uh, category. And... um, you have so many incredible chefs. Look at Chef Charity Morgan. Yes. If there's one person who has really been a game changer, and I use that intentionally <laughs> because uh, her work was featured in the movie The Game Changers, that was also a seminal turning point where she essentially helped an entire, a good portion of a team that has done very well uh, go vegan. Are you going to be able to incorporate some of those stories? Tell us Charity Morgan's story. You may know it even better than I do. And, and will you be able to incorporate some of those success stories into your narrative? Well, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is part of what we are doing. We're reaching out to other influencers, black women in uh, the vegan movement who've been doing this for, for, for a very long time and who are 
uh, kind of new to the game as well. And um, we are all doing the same work. So, um, I, which I think. Okay. Well, we got a little, we had a little okay, bit of a, a hiccup there. But and, there, uh, there oh, on. It was a hiccup. You know how okay. it is with the internet. Yeah, exactly. So basically I was just saying that we, yes, we are reaching out to black women, vegan influencers to um, help spread the word. We're all doing the same work. We all have the same goal. And um, I, I knew about charity before Game Changers, but I learned, like you, learned much more about the work she was doing through the movement, through the movie Game Changers. But I will say that, um, you know, black women, black uh, people in general have been pioneers in this movement, as you know, as, as we've talked about. Um, there was, there is an HBCU um, that is a black Seventh-day Adventist school started in the late 1890s. Um, and they had vegetarian cuisine. They had vegetarian food when they started in the 1890s. Um, you know, obviously we were primarily plant-based, most of us coming from uh, West Africa through an, um, enslavement here. And so we carry that tradition through the South on up through the civil rights movement. You have Rosa Parks, who was a vegetarian. You have Dr. Alvinia Fulton, who started the very first um, uh, health food store and restaurant on the South side of Chicago in the 1950s. And the reason that I mentioned her as one of my heroes is that she helped influence Dick Gregory to become vegan in 1967. He went vegetarian in 1965 because of the practice of nonviolence during the civil rights movement. Then Dr. Alvinia Fulton, and that was because of animal rights reasons, right? He extended the, the practice of nonviolence to animals. And then he became vegan because of Dr. Alvinia Fulton's work with him. Um, and he influenced Coretta Scott King, Dexter King, so many other people uh, in the movement and me in 1986 to become vegan. So I'm a, you know, part of that legacy. Wow. So <laughs> let me ask you, yeah. what is your program going to look like for, let's say, first of all, is it still open to others? Let's say there's a, a person watching who says, wow, I want to take advantage of this. How do they take advantage of it? And what is it going to look like? So they go to 10,000blackveganwomen.com. That's the website. They sign up. And what they get right away when they sign up is a weekend vegan two-day uh, jumpstart. And so that has uh, recipes, meal plan done for you, grocery shopping list, meal prep tips, so they can get started going vegan right away on their own. And no matter where you are on the eating spectrum, everybody can eat vegan for two days. All so right. that's what you get immediately. And then leading up to the May launch, you get inspirational and nutrition tips from me every week leading up to that. And the program begins in May. And those will be 21-day fresh starts. So every 21 days for the rest of the year, we will be going live on we will be live online going vegan together. That's incredible. Why is it 21 days? Now I'm a recovering alcoholic and knock on wood, April 1st, I will have 25 years of sobriety. Now, I, I know that there's a reason why rehab is at least 28 days yeah. in that range because it takes that amount of time to change your taste buds, change your um, psychological outlook. Right. I'll never forget, you know, when I went vegan 
about, I would say, I wish I had my date the way I have it, my sobriety date, but it was, a, it was after I got sober and it was pretty shortly after that, no coincidence. I had some more clarity right. and I stopped being a sort of, you know, undisciplined sort of all over the map vegetarian and became a vegan. Um, but uh, when I accidentally, after going vegan a month later, somebody put Parmesan cheese in my salad and I tasted it and I spat it out. And I used to love Parmesan cheese. So yeah. in that 28 days, yeah. um, my taste buds totally changed. Uh, do you expect that to happen with the women you're working with? Absolutely. I mean, you said it. Um, some people say it takes 21 days. Some people say it takes 14 days. Some people say it takes 30 days, 40 days. The bottom line is you have to get in there and do it, right? And the time that it takes you is the time that it takes. But the point of the program is that we all are doing it together, eating the same foods um, and having each other for online support. So I fully expect people to have to experience shifts in their taste, bud taste buds, to experience shifts in their, their uh, understanding about why they're eating the foods that they eat, because the entire first week will be education. So it's not just food for me. It's about social justice. It's about the food system. Um, it's about the health stats of black women. So I want us to be grounded first in this knowledge in the so we have a foundation of why we are doing this. And then we go into the food. Now, let me talk a little bit about the disproportionate impact that African-American women experience as a result of animal agriculture. Um, it's health stats. It's also where, for example, slaughterhouses and other uh, toxic animal agriculture uh, industries are located in communities. And this was documented in the film Cowspiracy exactly. um, in communities of color and in the African-American community. Um, and there was a scene in that movie where the, the uh, factory farm was literally spewing feces of factory farmed animals into the, the, area where this woman lived to the point where she couldn't even have uh, sit outside of her own house. Can or you address that? Or open her windows. Um, oh. I mean, let yeah. me, let me, let me jump in. Cause we do have a caller and sometimes we lose them. I want you to take that in a second, but Marshall from North Carolina, what is your question or thought? Marshall. Marshall. <laughs> Oh, she left. That's why I jump in. People are, it's ADD culture. If you don't grab the call right away, they, they leave. So Did someone please, else come in? It looks uh, like. No, no, no okay. we're gonna, but we'll get callers. But All anyway, right. continue addressing what the question I asked. Sorry to interrupt. So um, it's an excellent, excellent point. And this is why this is such an all-encompassing issue. So you have uh, communities where slaughterhouses are located. And the one you're talking about specifically is a pig um, factory farm. And um, I believe uh, this one is in North Carolina. And basically, they, are, they, sued, the, um, they sued the company. And um, they were basically, as you said, spewing pig feces 
all across this community. It was covering their homes, their cars, their clothes lines. I mean, they couldn't go outside. They couldn't open their windows. This is, this is insane. And they were trying to get away with it, right? And of course, they're locating in communities of color that are low income because they think that they are not going to fight back. But these, but these folks fought back, as they should. Um, and so it's affecting us living next to slaughterhouses. It's affecting us as workers in slaughterhouses because that's often um, one of the few jobs that, that, uh, that is available in certain communities in the South that are low income and, and communities of color. And then, then you've got the issue of us actually eating the food, right? And, and the health um, issues that arise from that. So black women have the highest rates of diabetes. We have the highest rates of heart disease. We have the highest rates of unhealthy weight, um, obesity, and overweight. Um, we get breast cancer at younger ages, but it's caught at later stages, so we die the most. I mean, and there's, you know, what I always say is this is not a surprise. You know, when you're living in a culture, you're living in a society that's, that is a white, uh, that's based on white supremacy and patriarchy, Black women are going to be the most uh, targeted by that. And so that's really the issue that we're dealing with. So it's no surprise that we are, you know, having the worst health outcomes in the country. But we absolutely have been and will continue to take back control of our health. And we are joined by our lovely mascot, Little Rico, who is a rescue from Puerto Rico. And uh, we will never do a show if we can without little Rico because um, everybody loves and um, asks me for little Rico. Let me ask you a provocative question. Okay. A lot of times I have heard people in the African American community, and this is replicated in many other communities, cite their culture as a justification for eating animals. And mm-hmm. so saying, well, you know, it's, it's in my culture to eat these foods. Don't, don't mess with that. And again, it's every culture does that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm half Irish, I'm half Puerto Rican. They both do it. Uh, you know, the Italians do it. The, the, but, but in addressing the African-American community, how do you address that point? So what I say is I go to the history and I show examples of black folks who are pioneers in the vegan movement and how this is a cultural way to eat. There has always been a river of black folks who have been promoting veganism, who have been vegan, who have owned vegan businesses, um, restaurants, cafes, carryouts, and right along this this big ocean of the majority of black folks who are eating meat and dairy-based food, right? It has always existed. And this is what I tell people. And so, and I connect the dots. So um, I, give them, I give them examples, like for myself in Washington, DC, right? I'm born and raised in DC. I became a vegan because of a lecture that Dick Gregory gave my sophomore year at Amherst College, right? I came, my junior year, I took away, and the first semester I went to Kenya, second semester, Howard University. So I was walking back and forth to Howard as a new vegetarian. And I discovered that there was this large black vegan community in DC, literally in my backyard, that I knew nothing about. And Jane, they had the first 100% vegan establishments in Washington, DC. 
black folks in low-income communities. There were 12 of them. So this is not, this is what I'm saying. This is where I learned how to be vegan. You're raising your hand. (laughs) We've got two calls now, so I want to jump on them. Shannon from Florida, what is your question or thought? Shannon from Florida. I just want to say how important it is. Thank you so much for talking about the workers. We go to slaughterhouses all over the country, and we talk to the workers. And you're right, it's almost all minority workers, and it's so sad. No one should have to wake up and go to work at a place that's specifically designed to murder and dismember the most innocent beings on the planet. And all these people who work at these places tell us how much they hate their jobs and how they wish that they didn't have to go to them. And because people have had struggles in their lives, they should not have, there shouldn't be jobs like this to begin with. No one should have to go to work there. Thank you so much. And I just want to jump on, that's a very good point. And we're going to get more into that, Shannon, on the other side of the break. But while we have one minute left before the break, Mary from D.C., what is your question or thought, Mary from D.C.? Yeah, hi, Ben. Thank you so much for all the important work you do. My question is, what if you're already vegan, but you're looking for some new and inspirational recipes? Is it still okay to sign up at 10,000blackwomenvegan.com? Yes, absolutely. If you're already vegan, you're going to get inspiration. You're going to get new recipes. You're going to get nutrition tips. So absolutely, if you're already vegan, please join up and bring some vegan curious friends and family with you. Yes. I love All right. I love it. Now, we are going to take a short break on Voice America, but we're going to stay live on Facebook.com. Let's go. And we are here still on. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You 
are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. And Nigel Wright Brown, I hope I pronounced that correctly, says, Hey, Tracy McWhorter, looking good. And uh, Gabe Aurea said, I shared, everyone share. Thank you so much. Um, so, um, Thank we, you, uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of people who want to know what you think of that moment that occurred last night. This will be airing on Spotify and iTunes, you know, in two years, but we are t- happen to be talking the night after Joaquin Phoenix was the best actor for um, the Joker at the Oscars and used his moment on the world stage to send a message to everyone in the world that animal agriculture is causing horrific, unnecessary cruelty. What's your take on what happened? Tracy? I actually, I didn't watch the Oscars, but I did read this morning um, what he said. And of course I thought it was fantastic. I mean, to use the platform that he had, um, the huge platform to talk about this issue and to talk about it in detail. Um, exactly what happens to cows. Um, how You know, they're, all of that graphic detail. Um, that is the kind of thing that people don't want to hear, but need to hear. And he had the opportunity to share it and unexpectedly, so people were kind of caught off guard about it. Um, so I think it was a really powerful moment and good for him. And, you know, it's, it, he, uh, so many people are uh, rightly so um, fighting against climate change and they're doing all these kinds of actions. Right, and you ask them, "Well, are you?" And they say, "No," and it's because they most of them don't. Hey, hey, somebody's uh, messing around. So, if you're back in the control room, sorry. Oh, you know what it is? And I hope I pronounced her name right. Naja, Naja is yes, on. Yes, I'm a- here. Yeah, will you give oh, us your question or thought? Okay. Give us your question or thought. Um, I just wanted to say, um, Tracy. Uh, publishing the African-American Vegan Starter Guide. Uh, I have to tell you, we, we've distributed probably tens of thousands of copies of that guide. It's like the best thing ever. Thank you Thank and congratulations. You. Thank you so much, Nigel, for all for that and for all that you do at Land of Kush and Vegan Soul Fest in Baltimore every year. And yes, you all do distribute. This is the guide. I'll show you. The Af- Jane, you had you talked about this last year, yes, um, or two years ago when it came out, and uh, we distributed now um, five hundred thousand copies of those for free. And it's and speaking of, of African Americans and, and uh, vegans, Black History Month in this program that I'm doing, this is a free guide that is specifically by and for African American vegans. So thanks for the shout out. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for calling in. Um, so I interrupted you because, again, when we get these callers, we have to grab them when they come in. So continue on. Yeah. So I think we were just talking about this um, the Joaquin speech and, and how powerful it was and the fact that he was that he caught people off guard. They weren't expecting it. Um, and that makes it that makes it even more powerful. And I think uh, I was in, I had just ended with the fact that people are rightly so um, being activists, they're enraged about the issue of global warming and climate change. 
Um, but when you ask them if they're vegan, most folks say no because they don't know the connection, right? And Joaquin has been out here, um, you know, doing climate action as well and talking about it on those stages as well. So I think yeah. it's great. Now, you know, it's so funny. Speaking of the African-American community, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, um, and I saw the, uh, I think that's where the Civil Rights Museum is. It was very long time ago. And it was so, such an educational thing to learn why the African-American churches were more political than perhaps other churches, more vocally political, because the news media back in the day of Jim Crow and even up to almost modern times, perhaps even including today, was not covering the issues that were of importance to the African-American community. So whether it was schools, whether it was uh, whatever it was, okay, it didn't get covered. So in essence, they created their own newsroom and publicized the issues and discussed the issues in the church. I thought that was fascinating and I saw a huge parallel to, for example, the animal rights movement where Joaquin Phoenix gives a speech and a lot of the mainstream media just cut that right out. They didn't talk about that. And uh, luckily, we have social media. uh, What we're doing right now on Facebook and Instagram, and it's all over social media. It's like there's two worlds. So social media is going on and on and on about Joaquin talked about the animals, but the major networks, crickets. You know why? Look at the advertisers, meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. Can you address that and, 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 and whether there is a parallel? Um. Well, I mean, there's obviously there's obviously a parallel because um, anytime you're fighting to you're fighting for social justice, you're an activist and you're working with um, folks who are the most uh, impacted by those kinds of issues and those movements. The mainstream media, I don't even I don't really use that term because Jane, any stream that I swim in is the mainstream. So that's the the truth. That's how I feel about it. Um, And, you know, I get that just from my mom and and my family and just being involved in this movement. You have to see yourself as the center and know that, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, the arc of justice is going to bend towards you. Right. So I don't really worry about that. As you said, social media is doing this um, is 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 a. making this go viral. And, you know, those of us who've been doing this work before the internet happened, you know, we understand the power of the work we do in communities with folks on the ground. And that's what it's all about. I use a parallel to another time too, if you, in the time of like, for example, communism in Russia, where people were literally printing out um, leaflets and handing them out because if they were caught, they would be arrested. And so the internet is our leaflet. Mm -hmm. We are doing an end run around the media, whatever you want to call them. Um, But it's irresponsible journalistically to cover somebody's speech and then not refer to that and literally cut it out and only focus on the fact that he said, I've been difficult to work with. That was a, a wonderful revelation, but it was said in connection with his other comment about, you know, I'm not coming from up here when I tell you guys to stop stealing the breast milk of another species. Right. So, um, absolutely right about that. I mean, you know, it is in, it is not 
it is not right now in the interest of corporate media to um, talk about these issues because, you know, of the advertising, the food advertising industry, which is the biggest industry in the country. That is their bread and butter um, or a large part of their bread and butter. So absolutely, it's not a surprise. But the more that we do this work and the more that people go vegan, they are going to shift because they're going to follow the money. And get, getting back to an earlier point that you made, when I traveled to Atlanta, there's a one place I go to first, and that is vegan soul food. Do you know that place? It uh, is soul vegetarian? Is it soul vegetarian? Soul vegetarian. Soul vegetarian. But it's vegan. Yeah. Oh, I missed up, messed up the name. It's vegan. Yeah. And um, that is such a fantastic place, and it's been there a very long time. I dare say it's probably the first vegan restaurant in Atlanta. I don't have the proof, but but getting to your point that, yes, the African-American community is extremely involved in veganism. Um, but yet there is this just like they try to say, you know, the the in the the uh, the industries that are fearful of us have um, tried to equate. Um, they try to emasculate vegan men. There was a whole soy boy campaign. Yeah. Yeah. that they put, I think they also uh, do try to appeal to the African-American community, uh, particularly men and meat. Do you see that? And how do you counteract that? I know you're focusing on women, but yeah. those women often live with men. And that's another factor in the equation. Yeah. In fact, um, this is this is something, this is really, this is really an interesting question um, because Yes, that is definitely true. Meat is considered masculine. Vegetables are considered feminine, right? And Carol J. Adams was one of the folks who talked about that, right, um, from, the, from the 70s and, and has really, you know, expanded that kind of work. Um, and, in, and so that's, a, that's in general in our society, right? And in particular, when it comes to African-Americans, it's interesting because of the social justice aspect of veganism for black folks, like it's all, it's, and, and the spiritual and religious aspects of it too. Soul vegetarian is an example. Soul vegetarian was started by African Hebrew Israelites based here in the States, right? So their veganism is a part of their self uh, liberation and uh, self evolution, them eating the healthiest foods available. So, and then you have um, folks like Dick Gregory who did it for social justice reasons, right? So because you have these other aspects to it, it's these dots are connected. That message of um, veganism and femininity and meat or omnivorism and masculinity is not, in my experience as in, in doing this work for more than 30 years, is not as powerful as it is overall. Right. Because yeah. there's so many reasons that people go into veganism within black culture and social justice and religious religion and spirituality, you know, as part of that. Well, and what about the argument that don't look at the food you're eating here historically? Look at the food that you ate in your homeland. Yeah. Yeah. For example, Ethiopia. There's a little Ethiopia here that has some of the best vegan restaurants in L.A. It's on Fairfax Boulevard. And they are they are eating food from Ethiopia, the real Ethiopian yeah. food. 
Um, do you make that connection? Like, um, don't yeah. confuse food that you grew up eating with food that's really connected to your your heritage yeah. uh, or your homeland. I'm not sure I'm expressing it the right way. Yeah, but you, you you absolutely are. And I think that, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit before. But yes, I mean, we you know, um, traditional cuisines around the world are plant-based. This isn't anything new, right? Us calling it vegan um, or calling it plant-based cuisine. Most cuisines, if they are uh, plant-based, if they used meat or dairy, it was as an add-on or, you know, as a condiment um, or flavor, more added flavor, additional flavor, but not as the main source of food and nutrients. And so here... For black folks um, coming through enslavement and then through the South and then, you know, spreading out after enslavement, um, we, t- we took these, quiz- we took African-American, we created African-American cuisine based on what we knew and was passed down, um, but also just based on the fact that we were agrarian, right, during enslavement and afterwards. And so the Our food was plant-based even here. You know, fried chicken and ham hocks and, you know, uh, macaroni and cheese and all these kinds of heavier meat and dairy-based foods, those are occasion foods. Those are things that you eat at family reunions, at funerals, at weddings, at social gatherings. But that's not everyday food. My mother, for example, who went vegan with me 30 years ago when she was in her 50s, she's from Camden, South Carolina. They did not eat meat every day. They mainly ate meat on Sundays. So, you know, again, folks, folks, um, when you make these kind of connections, um, they understand they're nodding their heads because they know that this is their experience from the South themselves or through their, you know, the experiences of their relatives. Well, I think it's so important to make that connection so that people aren't uh, unconsciously co-signing and endorsing um, their own oppression. Right. And we can talk about it with women too. Women who march, and I was at the women's march, um, marching for feminism. And yet, if you try to talk to them about the violation of the ultimate feminism in the sense that all factory farm animals are essentially raped into existence. Exactly. It's very, you know, you have to break through that reluctance to want to to um, tell people don't co-sign your own Every, oppression yeah. and oppression. Right. Yeah. Every, you know, we had the same experience back in the day when we were in the 80s and 90s protesting whatever war du jour it was. Um, a lot of our friends would go to fast food places afterwards. And my sister and I would go to the vegan spots and we would try to talk to them about, you know, what, how these two things are connected, right? You're protesting war, you're protesting exploitation, but yet you're going to McDonald's or you're going to Burger King or you're going to Wendy's and you're eating these hamburgers. And this is exploitation too, in a different way. So we've had, you know, we've had these conversations and I think you just continue to have them. You, you continue to have them be an activist and you model it. I mean, I am an unexpected vegan. If not for this lecture, with, with Dick Gregory at, at Amherst in 1986, my sophomore year, I would not probably um, have gone vegan then. And uh, I wasn't interested. I was an unhealthy eater despite my mother's best efforts. We brought him there to talk 
talk about the state of black America. Instead, he spent two and a half hours talking about why black folks should be vegan and tracing a hamburger from a cow on a factory farm through the slaughterhouse process to a fast food restaurant, to a hamburger, to a clogged artery. And that rocked my entire world. That was a, that was an unexpected lecture. So you just have to keep talking about it with folks. You know, that's the message through documentary, through conversation, through books, lectures, everything. I would love to see all those lectures if they're on camera be rebroadcast. That would be incredible. That would be something that would be so amazing to have one of those vegan lectures by Dick Gregory on. It may be on YouTube. I'll have to look for it. So you've written many books. You are very prolific. I don't know how you do it all. Can you tell us about uh, the books you've written and um, how this is sort of a, it's, it's all leading up to this campaign, 10,000 Black Vegan Women. Right. So the first book that I wrote was by Any Greens Necessary, and this is the 10th anniversary of that book. Um, and that book was, was for um, Black women. Right. It was the first vegan diet book for black women, 2010. So I actually created this campaign because I wanted to do something big around the 10th anniversary of my first book. And I came up with this idea to, you know, kind of reignite what that book started. Um, And that's really what I'm trying to do so that so that I can get, you know, this issue is still urgent. And that book was very influential um, for the last 10 years, which is awesome. And there are so many more Black folks who are vegan and who are vegan activists, as we know. We are, but the majority of us are still in a health crisis. So that's really where this idea came from, to just, um, you know, get in here in the trenches and for this 10th anniversary of the book, do something really big and bold and help 10,000 Black women go vegan in one year. And then lead up to 100,000 in a year. Um, So my, yes. Well, you raise a very important point. And a lot of us feel that we keep talking, we keep having breakthroughs. Um, You see people much more open to the idea of um, plant-based due to climate change. And by the way, I will give a plug. My documentary um, through our Jane Unchained Countdown to Year Zero, it's on Amazon Prime. And it explains the connection between animal agriculture and climate change and how it's being underestimated by the powers that be, that it's much more destructive than any other force, but that that is not being acknowledged by the powers that be that are influenced by the meat, dairy, and pharmaceutical industry. And the pharmaceutical industry has more lobbyists than any other industry uh, in the United States, and they would collapse if people got healthy. They wouldn't need that's the right. cholesterol drugs, they wouldn't need the erectile dysfunction drugs, they wouldn't need all the other, a lot of the other drugs that these companies are making billions on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what I see sometimes is we talk, we have breakthroughs, we have the Joaquin Phoenixes, we have, and yet there is a large percentage of the population that refuses to budge. And it's across the board, but it also does include the African-American community. How do you deal with that intransigence? You know, I, uh, I look at, I stay positive and I stay focused on the, the goal and the mission. And um, I'm an activist at heart. Like I am always working on causes. And so 
I understand. You, do we have a, a caller? Oh, we got a caller, so I'm going to jump in. You're so- <laughs> yes. uh, let's go to Cersei from Georgia. Cersei, oh, she's gone. Lisa from California. Whoever's on, just ask a question. <laughs> oh, we need to hit a break. Okay, they're all gone. Hasta la vista, babies. We're going to hit a quick break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Info. Influencers channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to the Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're here with the amazing Tracy McWhorter of By Any Greens Necessary Her new campaign. 10,000 vegan, black vegan women. I'm hearing that there's a caller. Please talk. Who's on the phone? Yes, speak. Hey, uh, Jane, I just wanted to say to Tracy, my name is Lisa Carl, and I'm a Food for Life instructor, and I just did a 21-day vegan kickstart for Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in collaboration with Jane Unchained News, and I wanted our listeners to know when they download the uh, 21-day vegan kickstart app, there are probably, I don't know, eight videos with you, Tracy, and either... Uh, Maggie Miola or Susan Levin, two of the dietitians at Physicians Committee, and I just want everybody to, to, to know that they can hear you talk about all these incredible concepts in nutrition. This app is free, and you're on our videos. Okay, thank you, Lisa. Now, Cersei is back. Cersei, what is your question or thought? Cersei. Hi, Tracy. Hi, everyone. I, Tracy, I just wanted to say Um, Thank you for all the work that you're doing, and I'm really um, amazed by the 10,000 black women that you do. You were one of the, I guess, instrumental people in bringing me on the plant-based 
path, I guess, with your by any greens necessary. And so I want to thank you for that. And I also wanted to just say that it's activism happens in your own space. And for me, I realized that there was a disconnect in the church. I know we were talking about the whole social movement thing, but there's a disconnect in the church where we weren't really talking about the environment and animal rights and also taking care of ourselves spiritually and physically and healthy. And so because of all of your work, I decided to that that's the path that I wanted to take to bring awareness and to bring the vegan message. And so I just wanted to say thank you. And if you had any suggestions and thoughts on just how we could use the church as a platform um, to bring that message to so many people that need it for, like you said, health reasons, but also to bring in spirituality in the sense that to care for our planet and the animals as well. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much. You made my day with that comment. Thank you. And absolutely more power to you. And, you know, there are churches that that are involved, um, but obviously not the majority. And that is um, part of where the advocacy needs to take place. So continue doing what you're doing, obviously. Um, And one of the things that I would recommend is that you have African-American vegan starter guides. You know, this guide... Um, go to AfricanAmericanVeganStarterGuide.com and get these printed guides. You can get up to 500 per order for free, free shipping, and just have them available in your church every Sunday. That's number one. And then number, and you can get it as a PDF download. And then number two, um, when your church serves food after the service or whenever it serves food, incorporate vegan food. Just make sure that they incorporate vegan food and then find out what vegan folks are in your area. Is there a black vegan group in your city? Are there vegan meetups? Are there folks that can come and talk to your church, your health ministry, about the importance of eating plant-based food? So start with those three things. We have a question on Facebook, Michelle Brown. I have a desire to go vegan, but I do have a hard time with cutting out fish and dairy What's the best way to do that, especially with regard to eating those for thyroid issues and menopause? Okay. Join uh, 10,000blackveganwomen.com. That's number one, um, because we will be talking about these issues as part of the education portion of the program. And uh, just in general, I would... um, I talk about some of these some of these issues in my second book, Ageless Vegan. Um, so you can check that out from the library or a bookstore. And I also always recommend nutritionfacts.org, um, nutritionfacts.org. It's a website that was created by my friend, Dr. Michael Greger. And you can tap, type in thyroid issues. You can type in any issue that you have, and there will be a study uh, uh, that will a video about studies that have come up um, regarding that issue and how you can address it with plant-based nutrition if research has been done. So that's what I would suggest. Uh, we've got another caller, Nico, on hold. Nico, your question or thought? Hey, how you doing? I'm calling in the support of my sister, uh, Tracy. Hey, Nico. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, how you doing, Tracy? Good. How are you? Uh, great. Uh, I greatly appreciate you, uh, Jane, for having her on the show and giving her this platform. Um, I just uh, the reason why I'm calling is because I just like to to make sure that uh, 
that our women, our black women, are getting the support that uh, that they they deserve. I think it's been a big problem uh, out here in the community. Uh, I see so many women uh, going in the, in the right path and, and doing what they need to do for their health, while the men uh, who tend to, for whatever reason, uh, feel prideful, um, they don't go see the doctor like they should. And, um, you know, and, you know, it's a lot of communal, uh, issues between, uh, us and, um, where we need to really support each other and, and, and back them. And, and I, I totally support of what Tracy is doing and helping, uh, cause it's not just for black women. It's, it's for the community as whole, but we all know that the black woman has been the stronghold of keeping, uh, our community together. And, uh, and by them doing that, we, we, we owe them at least that. I thank you, Nico. What a great point. And, um, I, I think that's your brother, right? Tell us about this idea that the women are getting the message, but the men aren't. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, oh, go yeah. ahead, Nico. No, I mean, I wouldn't say they're not getting the message. I just think they're just ignoring the message. It's, it's, it's right there for them. Um, it's just a lot of times, I don't, you know, it's, uh, it's always case by case, but I mean, I look at it as a whole, you know, uh, in, in the black community, uh, it's a lot of uh, black on black crime. It's just, uh, it's, it's the mentality uh, amongst each other where, you know, women as a whole, whether black or white, you know, tend not to um, to feed into a lot of negativity and they're always trying to better themselves, you know, and so where men feel like, you know, they have a lot of uh, external issues and, you know, want to blame this person and blame that person instead of looking at the man in the mirror, so to speak, and, and, and addressing them head on. And that's what I love about what Tracy does. You know, uh, even though her books are centered or, or, or labeled like they're for women, they're not necessarily just for women you know I, I have both of her books um and and within that you know i read them and i Are don't take vegan? it as like oh this is just for women yes i am oh yay okay well nico i want to thank you for calling in i want to thank you for being such a great brother and i want to get tracy's reaction <laughs> to what you said because i think it's so important so thank you so much for calling nico um really a pleasure so yeah. take it away do you see that disconnect between the men and the women yeah thanks nico. okay thank you nico yeah nico is my Nico is my brother, not my little, not my physical brother. Oh, um, yeah. So we're 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 good friends, and um, he's definitely a vegan and promoting Vigo within the the Go Go community um, in DC and and elsewhere. But you know, um, there's so much there that he said. And speaking as a man who is vegan and who is trying to talk to, to black men in in uh, DC communities about veganism. Um, he knows what he's talking about and what he has experienced, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I co-sign that. I will say that, um, you know, there are black vegan men out here who are specifically addressing men, right? 
So um, there, you can find them all over the place. And I think that, um, you know, I there's Milton Mills MD, there's um, Will Tucker, Will Tucker Fitness, there is um, Badass Vegan. Um, there are lots of folks who are doing Gray, Gray. Yeah. Who did the Thanksgiving, one of my yeah. favorite music videos ever. There's, so, uh, there's, there's um, Stick from Dead Prez. There's so, I mean, yeah. So many people, right, who are uh, black men who are vegan, who are promoting this and, you know, specifically talking to black men. And so what I do with focusing on black women is, um, you know, this this is something that's needed that I've always known is needed. Something that I wish that I had when I went vegan 33 years ago, someone who specifically talked to black women. And I know that it's still needed today. And black women are still the ones who are primarily cooking the food, who are primarily making the doctor's appointments, who are primarily the ones responsible for the health of the families, right? Whether it's their own family or their extended family. Um, And so in targeting black women, you are targeting the community. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, I think there's a push pull. Like one of the things that I love is that concept that we're all earthlings and yet within that it's okay to focus on specific groups who have specific needs. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a, it's a combination. We don't want to make the misconception that just because let's say African-American women are focusing on this issue. It doesn't apply to other people. Of course it does. Um, And just because we're talking about something that applies to women doesn't mean it doesn't apply to men. So there's that kind of push pull where you want to focus and help specific groups while still maintaining this concept that we're all earthlings. And, you know, we've only got about a minute left. I, I do feel that climate change, you know, the law of unintended consequences, I'm a big believer in it. And uh, I feel that climate change is going to bring us together because Mother Nature being um, making a big point with, I believe, you know, the pig virus, the coronavirus, uh, the bird flu. All of these are based on animal agriculture's toxicity and how dangerous it is. Nature is saying stop and we are all at risk. Uh, these kinds of diseases, while they may be starting in one country, but they don't discriminate. I believe climate change and these horrors will bring us together, that we're all earthlings and we've got to save the earth or we will all die. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we're just about out of time. Tracy, I just think you're such an inspiration. Uh, I just love your work. You, you really um, have taken this and, and just taken it to the next level and the next level. Please come back after you're finished your campaign. I don't know if it will ever finish, uh, but give us an update on 10,000 okay. black vegan women. And again, you can go to 10,000blackveganwomen.com. So I'll say it one more time. 10,000blackveganwomen.com. Sign up. All right. We love you. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. (music) 